Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the RevX podcast. This is the third in our series of job search panels, uh, as always hosted by Samara. Um, on Tuesday, we will resume after a, a week off for Thanksgiving, we resume All American, a true crime podcast. You can listen to episodes one and two of that also here on our SoundCloud. And both episodes one and two have an after show or a panel of participants in that episode and other people discuss the ongoing story there. Also, importantly, our big year-end concert will be coming up on Sunday, December 3rd. So check that out if you can. Um, Scheduled currently to appear, we have a, a good group of people who are from all kinds of different parts of the musical and comedy spectrum. So our host, um, as it was the last two years, will be Leon Scott, who's going to do some stand-up for us. Um, Next up on the list is Sarah Stardust coming back again to perform her uh, comedy musical project, Sarah Stardust. Um, We will also be joined by uh, UKD rapper who was at our songwriter, sh- uh, our storytellers live event. If you saw him there, he'll be back. Brittany Gates is going to be de- debuting some new music. B Doug is going to be there as well as Ethan Mendick. I will be performing a solo set as Professor Rex and also will be teaming up with Tamakazi for our new project, Picasso Hut. So uh, join us on Sunday for that. The following Sunday, the 10th, is the next recording of one of our job search events. This one is going to be on cover letters and resume writing, um, and that will be at the 10th at The Pinch. Um, More events coming next year, and we'll let you know as soon as we uh, get ready to uh, start rolling out what next year's events are going to be. And we will do, before we announce them, we will do a survey of you, the fans, to make sure that we're uh, producing the events and uh, hosting the events that you would like to join. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode of our job search series. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Such large audience. Thank you so much for coming. Here we are on this disgusting, dreary August, October, I don't know what month it is, day. in this really cold basement. Um, we are here to discuss online and offline networking skills as a second installment in our RevX job search series. I am your host and also advice seeker, Samara. Um, here we go. Our panelists, we have four of them today. I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, uh, I'm Tom Slam. Scientist uh, at the Smithsonian uh, Museum Conservation Institute, and uh, so um, uh, as a physical scientist, I'm uh, Museum Conservation Institute isn't specifically a museum. We serve all the other museums, so a lot of technical studies kind of stuff. Uh, prior to that, had done a postdoc at NIST, and uh, just uh, um, happy to share my experiences with um, job searching and. Uh, uh, it's a big part of it, is in, uh, and networking is a huge part of it because uh, the way that that uh, jobs work these well, job the job application process works. Uh, it helps to network. Hi, I'm DJ McDuffie. Um, I am a I guess a federal contractor. I'm a contractor at the State Department for the past five years. 
um, previously worked uh, in the nonprofit sector and at um, the United Nations. Um, I enjoy networking a lot for work. I do a lot of recruiting um, of participants, of trainers, of experts, um, previously for uh, fellowship participants. Um, so I suggest, I guess one uh, tip I can give people is be strategic with the types of networking events that you go to. You can go to kind of a general, you know, young professionals networking group, but uh, I try to go to uh, targeted uh, meetups or things like that. So if I'm trying to find a tech trainer, I'll go to tech meetups. Um, it sounds obvious, but um, it helps to kind of identify and find your own network um, and go where the other people in your field are. Uh, my name is Joy Natwick. I'm the Ethics Specialist for the American Counseling Association, which is the largest uh, professional association in the United States for counselors, and that includes mental health counselors, school counselors, career counselors, college counselors, um, pretty much anybody with that in their name that isn't like a camp counselor or like counselor isn't a lawyer. <laughs> um, and uh, I got this job through networking as well as a lot of my jobs. And uh, I really developed that skill because I started my career in third party recruiting, which is what a lot of people know as headhunting. Um, so in that, you're quite literally having to go out and drum up business all the time. So networking is part of how you make sure you get to pay your rent that month. Um, and I think the biggest tip would be that, um, you know, Definitely go for targeted relationships, but you never know which relationships in your life are going to be the ones that lead to the network, that leads to the job. And that's really been the case for me. Um, so my kind of thought is all relationships are you know, good and think of you know, networking in a broader scope other than just this networking event or that networking event. Hey, my name is Eric Yachay, and uh, currently I'm a, a software consultant for a company called Hilti. Uh, and currently I'm also an advisor for a local startup called Flow. Uh, before that, when before we moved to uh, DC, we lived in uh, California, where I actually helped uh, start and grow two startups in the tech space. Uh, biggest tip for me would be. Uh, Every person you meet could be potentially a network, networking opportunity because you don't know who they know, and that's probably the best way to uh, uh, get, a, get a, you know, a position that you're looking for. So, yeah, I would say it's similar to what Joy said because um, a lot of the I would never turn down an interview because uh, interviews are you always learn something, uh, especially on phone interviews. Uh, phone interviews are actually probably harder than in-person interviews because you have to think about, you should be able to dictate the interview in a way, like um, as in get a uh, sense of time, when they want to place the job, what the job's about, and then you know, like explain how you fit. But then also you have to close. You have closing as in like scheduling the next interview or scheduling the next step. So if you go in as if you, going in trying to dictate what your, what, what you hope to get get out of it is better than like so when people say prepare for an interview it doesn't just mean go visit the website and like go find out how many people are employed there like uh <laughs> that's not the point the point you know you should know department wise and the product kind of what they're going to do but 
lot of times it's very proprietary. You're not going to be able to get defined details in that nature. So you want to be able to uh, um, uh, go in with a mindset of how you're going to um, direct the that kind of uh, interview process. But I would um, a lot of I got a lot of interviews through uh, headhunters and um, a lot of um, uh, with some of the bigger companies. That's how they work through. Like uh, for example, I think um, BASI, BASF was one of the big ones that um, like I wasn't a good fit for. But at the same time, I uh, you know got to learn about a little bit more what they're looking for. So you're like, oh, my skills kind of fit this way, but not exactly. So you kind of learn to, uh, you know, like uh, figure out what it is that you can, um, what your strengths are for those positions. Okay. Um, my first question is um, about online networking. Like we, all of you just talked about networking events and headhunters and stuff, but I really want to know um, how, online networking, how to best maximize, I guess, myself um, through, obviously, like, I have a LinkedIn profile, but I feel like I'm just not getting the best out of it. And I tried premium, and it wasn't really yeah. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn premium. So I mean, like, it, yes, it moved my application to the top of the pile, but I didn't really get a job. So I guess how would, we could start with LinkedIn, but how, how would I use an online networking tool um, differently or in conjunction with real life networking? So, uh, I mean, my best, best advice for that is, especially online, because you can do a lot of research on the person you're interviewing with. That's how I would use it. Just go in, see you know, what school they went to, what uh, uh, extracurricular activities they have, uh, what companies that they use to work for. Um, See what, see what you guys have in common and just lead with that. People like, especially when you're interviewing somebody, people like people like themselves, even though that's probably not the best thing to do, but a lot of people like to see themselves on the other person they're interviewing. So that's my number one advice is just to get as much information about the person and the company you're interviewing with. So I'd say additionally, when you're LinkedIn, um, one of the things that it does is it shows you if you're say you know someone posts a job on linkedin and then you can see that you know this was the person that posted the job you click over to their profile it may show oh you know actually they're connected to somebody else in your network or um you know again maybe even if it's a second level connection you might ask you know that person that has a second level connection hey do you happen to know anybody that works at this company because i see that there might be a connection and they can say oh yeah that's my uh my you know sister's husband or something you know so you again it's kind of that um looking at the connections you already have and finding out you know how can i make that and a lot of times i will actually uh send you know a message or an email saying um, I noticed that you have a connection that works at this company. Do you think you could introduce me to them? Um, even if they're not the person posting the job, if you know, I'm looking at company ABC and I see, and I'm actually you know going for say um, an accounting job, but there's somebody that works in HR there. Um, I can reach out and say, hey, I know you may not be the hiring manager handling this, or you may not handle recruiting, but can you introduce me to somebody there? Can you tell me more about that job? Um, because again, they, they have the in. And in bigger companies, they may not know 
exactly the person as much um, in bigger organizations, but especially in smaller organizations. That um, I work in a an office of 65 people, and I know every single person. So if there's a job, I can probably find out about it for you, even though I'm no longer that person that does the recruiting at my company. So. so. <laughs> I definitely recommend um, making sure that you fully complete your LinkedIn profile. Um, so that's kind of step one. So if you haven't done that yet, uh, make sure that you do that. So that includes adding the little like, bit of bio information at the top, add some keywords. Um, go back as far as you um, want to, you know, with your job history or volunteer work. Um, you don't have to be super detailed about, you know, far. Uh, past, you know, uh, positions, but anything that could be relevant to what you're actually looking for, put that there. And also use the title uh, as you know, the headline uh, to your advantage. So it doesn't have to be your actual job. It could be, you know, something fun like, uh, you know, communications uh, specialist uh, looking for, you know, new opportunities. It's kind of, you know, a little bit generic, but it tells people what, you're, what you want and that you're open. Um, but you could also, you can have fun with it. I've seen people, you know, get into it and use things like ninja, which I hate using, but I see people, you know, doing that, like, you know, yeah, guru, you know, so, um, so you can use that. Um, it's any way that you can kind of express your personality a little bit um, and also let uh, people know what your skills are. Um, that's helpful. And then, yeah, being really strategic with reaching out to your contacts, finding out who's connected to other people in the company that you're looking for. Uh, people come to me all the time asking for introductions and sometimes I'm able to do that because it's someone I know, but sometimes you know, you're know you not that close to anyone, the people on LinkedIn. You can be, it can be someone you've met once and so I can send out, I can say of course I'll always, I'll always try to make the introduction, but it's harder if you don't know the person um, to, to give like to get them to respond, but it's it never hurts to ask, and most people don't mind doing it. Um, so that's a big a big thing. Um, but really, uh, making sure that your online profile is as complete as possible, so that people don't have to guess who you are and what you can bring to the table. So um, back to the whole asking for an introduction. If you don't ask for the introduction, like um, you shouldn't be afraid to just do it because um, uh, the opportunities won't. Uh, just open themselves up. You have to do that. So, uh, and uh, the person, like uh, people don't, you can make introductions even if you, that's why you look at the awesome niche profile and if it's your, one of your um, your uh, contacts, it's like, oh, you used to work there. Yeah, it's uh, most likely they still communicate with them. Uh, people change jobs, not you know, like a lot of cases, people change jobs for a number of reasons, and many times they're leaving on good terms. And generally, they're leaving on good terms, and they have a working relationship uh, because a lot of the stuff, the um, like uh, careers are team based. So you're going to leave on good terms because that's you know what. <laughs> In order for you to succeed at your next job, you generally will have to do that. Uh, so it's a good thing to do that. Uh, the profile uh, profiles. I would say it's a free web page, literally. So you should put some time into it. Uh, for me, I was lucky enough to have a, a scenario where where um, uh, I had a lot of output, like a web output. So every time I had a web output, I link the the website link so that you could have icons and you could go through and click on everything. 
So uh, even as early as uh, when I was an undergrad, I was able to uh, do an art slash um, scientist uh, like um, uh, internship at Fenton Art Class, for example, and they did a write up. So that was something that even back in 2003 or something like that, or four, I can't remember. Uh, but the things like that, if it has presence, make sure that that kind of stuff gets on there because um, uh, anything that shows um, that shows that highlights your work um, puts you ahead. I, I think that's really good and. And uh, you don't have to write a, a uh, novel for your LinkedIn. Uh, it's that you don't upload a whole CV. You do a reduce, like uh, like just make sure that your positions are there and there's an inquiry. Um, maybe you know a, a paragraph of uh, your accomplishments. Um, and let's say that's the way that I do my profile at least. On follow up, uh, I go on a lot of like meetings with people and kind of tell them you know what I'm looking for, and then I send them a thank you and, and do all of that, but then nothing ever comes of it, and I'm wondering if there's like a trick to how to follow up afterwards to keep people interested in, in building a relationship with you and to make it kind of work. So what type of career were you, what are you looking for? Well, also, part of the problem is I'm trying to completely switch what I'm doing because I'm not really happy in the field that I'm in right now. Um, I do, training, but specifically in human services, and I've kind of reached my limit on what I can do with that. But I think I'm also not super clear about what's next. I just, I'm like, I like training people, but how can I do that in a different way? So for me especially, because I'm, I'm in, this, in the field of sales, anytime I look for somebody, I love when they just keep bugging the hell out of me. <laughs> again, this could be different for different um, industries, but especially in sales, when I know somebody's persistent, for me especially, that's the number one uh, good trait in a good salesperson because they don't take no for an answer. And that's really, really hard to find because a lot of people are scared to hear no and they just stop. Again, you don't want to over bombard that person right with emails every single day, but I would be a little more persistent. Um, just keep following up, and the more times they see that your name, the more they'll be like, oh, this person is really interesting, maybe I should give them another chance, or maybe I should get them in for that second interview, or, you know, um, that, that would be my, my advice. Just don't be scared, again, don't overdo it, but you still don't send one email or one call and just give up, never give up. That's how I look at it. To kind of piggyback on what Ari said, um, you know, I'm, again, I'm in, you know, human resources, recruiting, which was more sales, but now I'm in counseling, right? So I think a lot of people would maybe think, oh, you know, you don't especially want to be too aggressive in counseling, people might get the wrong idea. And again, I think that's true, but it's all about the way you follow up, and it's all about, um, you know, how do I, again, turn this interview, turn this relationship, maybe that is a no, even if it isn't, I can't turn it into a yes, for that job, can I turn it into a yes for the next job? So I'll give an example. Um, counseling is one of those fields that is uh, really difficult to move to play, from place to place, and Ari and I have moved a lot. And um, so it, it you know, meant that I had to kind of get creative about a lot of my jobs. And when I was looking to get back into the counseling field after having to take one of those breaks because I was waiting for registrations and things to come through so I could practice, I um, 
had to, you know, go on a lot of interviews. And each time when, you know, maybe it was a no, it would be, okay, well, who else do you know? Or when will you be having another opening here? You know, should I follow up in a year? Should I follow up in six months? Can, you know, can we even just meet so that I can understand how you have built your practice, which is so successful that now you're hiring other people to work in your practice here in counseling? Um, so I did a lot of informational interviews. I did a lot of times where I knew somebody wasn't hiring, but we would sit down for coffee. And again, sometimes people will say, well, I don't really have time for that. Um, and so I'd say, okay, is there a, do you foresee that you might have time in the near future? And if they're not, then I would say, is there somebody that you know that's kind of looking to do that? So I'm, again, you can, you can see why this ended up, because we're just two extremely persistent people. Um, just, you should hear the arguments in our house. Um, but but it comes down to, yeah, it's not, you don't have to push, you don't have to be aggressive, but just, you know, I'm, I really want to learn. I guess that's the big thing for me when Aries looking for persistence in people that he may want to hire, and especially as a recruiter, I learned that it was more important that I have somebody who may not have the exact right check boxes, but if they're willing to learn, and they're somebody that is willing to do the work, then that's somebody that I want to hire. And that's somebody that I would be willing to introduce to my friends um, who may also be looking for to hire somebody else. So. Definitely agree with um, the points about following up and being um, somewhat tenacious. That is something that's hard for me personally to do sometimes. I really have to create a plan for myself if I'm going to follow up and do that because I hate feeling like I'm being pushy. Um, and one exercise I can do is Flipping, flipping it, flipping the coin, and thinking about all the people who come to me for advice or help or asking for informational interviews or copies, and I usually don't mind. Um, and and so you know if they, if they do ask and they follow up a couple of times, I'll always try to make time to do that. And so I think that most people uh, are the same way generally. If you're you know not completely off base and you know the the field or the realm or what you're asking for, uh, I've seen people get jobs this way. Um, and one example is this woman. Um, she's uh, one of our, one of the Fulbright scholars we used to have. Um, and she's an alumna, she's a foreign student. Um, she found uh, a company that she was really interested in. She did all this research, she thought that she'd be perfect for them. And she reached out, they weren't quite ready to hire. Um, and so what she did was um, every week she created kind of an email digest of uh, of uh, news stories or and you know kind of tidbits of information um, that were in this uh, kind of wheelhouse of like cybersecurity or something like that, and she sent it to this to this person, and you know no with you know just like here's this week's digest, you know not only hope you're doing well, and that's it no ask, um, and over several months um, he was getting these and then finally something opened up and he sent it to her and she got hired and um, the rest is history and. It's just those kinds of things. So you don't have to be as, you know, she's, she's kind of a very unique person in that. She's very, um, you know, organized and that's her, how her brain works. But you can even just sending, you know, a, a news article in, you know, your field. Um, hey, did you see this? This is really interesting. Um, you know, let me know if you ever wanna grab coffee and chat. Um, and those things work. I, as other people have said, my last two jobs have all come through networking, uh, kind of indirect or through my network. Um, my last one I didn't actually have to like really formally interview for. I had copy a couple of times and they were floating out different like, jobs that were available and you know, I was looking for something specific and so I was like, no, but how about this person? And so they ended up hiring my friend and 
now you know things have moved forward and then there was another one that was open and then it was the right for me right fit for me and so sometimes remembering that thinking about what you can bring to the table as well so maybe if there is an opening maybe it's not for you but if you know someone's really great passing that on to you helps other people out and they'll remember that and come back to you so there's some things uh, those are just some techniques uh, that I've seen work for people in the past so uh, I think I mentioned this last time uh, so the way I was able to run my postdoc was I had an initial interview but I didn't have all the boxes so um, keeping it keeping your um, hiring the person hiring the hiring manager like informed as to what's changing and like uh, and that you're going out of your way to make things happen as in like get additional education for example does make a difference they would you know like it got me an in-person interview and they're like oh you're already going to be in uh, Lehigh it's like why don't you come down to you know Maryland and we'll interview so it's one of those things where where you do have like uh, that's a way to um, like uh, keep people posted as to what you're doing um, and even when you're in a position like uh, going to meetings like oh you know, like uh, you know I'll be at this meeting are you gonna be there asking you know like um, even when you're not looking for a job you know like, it's good to just develop good um, professional like uh, uh, relationships long term because it's you know uh, then then it's not then when you actually do have uh, other people that you uh, have inquiring about like uh, getting connected it's not just like random like uh, developing those relationships do help quite a bit uh, and uh, that's why I go to uh, a lot of um, um, microscopy related events even even if it's not direct like um it's a uh, like uh, it number one helps me uh, know what's on the forefront of sciences but number two like um, the people who are good to you you have to be good back to them you it's not it's not just one-time deal it's like if you want a career you have to invest in um, make it your resource and uh, you know and just get to know people yeah um, I can't even believe I'm asking this given where I am and also that uh, pretty much uh, like half of the jobs I've gotten I've gotten through networking but um, my question is um, uh, uh, my question is have any of you ever had doubts about whether it's uh, maybe what's the word uh, uncouth to get a job uh, via networking via uh, versus through the application process I have um, and if so how have you gotten over that uh, since everyone seems to get jobs through networking and not through like the throwing your your resume in the black hole of you know so how have you gotten over that since I'm struggling with that a little bit? I'll, I'll go ahead and go first since I happen to have the mic. And also, I'll just say, um, I think there are some times when I've sat in my role and felt like, man, there's so many, because I talk to counselors every single day. I talk to people who've been in the field for 30, 40 years. And I'm like, why am I the one giving them advice? Why do I have this job? And, Again, it's partially because I have the tenacity to go up at a uh, 
a conference long before I was ever actually applying for the job and get to know um, one of the main decision makers um, because I liked what he was talking about. And so, you know, that's that was the network and because he knew me and remembered that, oh, that's the girl that like came up and asked me 10 questions after <laughs> about ethics. She's really into ethics. Um, that it probably put me ahead. So again, sometimes I'm like, maybe, maybe I got this unfairly. I have a little bit of guilt almost, you know, like, oh man, did I overuse my privilege there? Did I? Because again, I, I know I started ahead of a lot of people um, because of you know, parents and being able to go to college and um, those kinds of things. But I always come back to, okay, if I, you know, am getting this job, if I really think that there's somebody else better out there. How do I make sure that that person gets a job, right? So that's the same like idea of, uh, you know, you were talking about how um, if I can refer someone for a job, if I'm not the right person, I'll always do that. As a recruiter, that was one of the things I would do. I would send out email blasts to people who were in a certain field that I either worked with to place already, or maybe we'd, I'd sent them on interviews, but then they'd gotten a job on their own somewhere else, and say, do you know anyone else like you? If you're not looking, do you know anyone else like you? But again, like so many of these things I'm hearing are actually techniques that I as a recruiter use to find other people. And so I think maybe like for me, that's kind of innate and I just kind of think of it as, oh, my recruiting skills. But it's also, it's not necessarily my recruiting skills. It's just kind of being a, a good person. So I think that's kind of how we do that, right? If we're gonna be getting privileges of getting these jobs through networking, then how do we basically pay it forward? As a scientist, like, uh, and pretty much, I think, uh, People do, like a, when you establish like a, a, um, a track record, right? People will end you know, getting to know somebody. Like, uh, for example, I, where I currently work, um, uh, the reason why I applied for the job was because um, uh, there was a really good fit. And I knew one of the people that was working there wasn't gonna be my boss, but there was an opportunity to generate a lot of research. People want, you know, like, want, like uh, people can envision like what the future holds if you're on board. So like, if you already know kind of what the person's background is, bringing them onto a team, you can think of what the projects are going to be. So like, that's moving forward, developing that relationship. That's actually probably the, you know, like, that's a really good position to be in. As in, you want, you want them to know you and be like, oh, this. This is um, this is what this person will be able to bring to us, and this is why we want them on the team. So like you shouldn't, you should definitely look at it that way. Is my feeling is um, uh, it's um, uh, because otherwise you're. I know you know theoretically everything should be oh these are just you know paper or documents coming through, but that's not you know like um, I don't think that everybody wants to just have documents going through. Uh, is um, your retention rate probably wouldn't be that good if you just randomly picked, or you know, like, or you know, like this looks great on paper. I can tell you that it's like uh, I had to learn about even my resume. I would say I'm still a bit more being a scientist, like you know, very conservative on. i like, oh, um, this is exactly what I can do, but I don't over amplify. I don't. I don't usually say. I don't put like uh, skills, for example. Like a skills, I'll you know, mention it during a, a phone interview, but I'm not gonna write down what I can do. You know, like I, 
I do write down as far as like accomplishments and then credit other people within the accomplishments because um, most of what I've been able to achieve has been through teamwork. And if you if you are willing, you, you absolutely should be willing to be a team player and give credit to the team because um, uh, that like uh, being able to work with other people is a big part of um, uh, my success at least. So and it can, will continue to be because that's um, uh, I can't. I can't uh, be an expert at everything. That's just not gonna. It, it's, I don't have enough time, <laughs> and I don't have enough interest either to do that. It's a, it's a you know that's a daunting task to be. And I think a lot of times I think it, the young um, some of the younger students, especially students within programs, sometimes like get caught up in like uh, in their grad research because they're forced to do everything that they don't have the ability to give in and be like, you know what, this is the goal. I can go out here, here, and here, and link these bridges, and I'll get there faster. That's actually probably what you need to do, and it's not, I don't think people do that enough. Um, and I think that people should do that. Uh, uh, I didn't learn that until I uh, went out to, um, I got an awesome opportunity during my uh, my grad school, I got to work with the Department of Energy, and, was one of those things where I actually got to work on a team setting. And I was like, oh, this is actually what I'm really good at. <laughs> this is the way that you know research can be done and you don't you're part of a team. You don't bring everything, but you're you're involved. You're you know you, you can question you you start understanding what other people are bringing and what their expertise is and, and having discussions. You know that's that's really like um you know like, so wrapping it up. Um, I would say envision yourself as in like them wanting you on the team. Um, so I have found my first job in DC. I got uh, by applying uh, at a company where I didn't know anyone. I was I had just moved back to the states from living abroad. I've been in Iowa for nine months, finishing my thesis and living at home with my parents, looking for jobs, you know, in DC because I knew I wanted to move here. Um, and so I just found the this, a few companies in the field and applied for as many of them as possible um, positions that came open at these companies and hope for the best. I got a couple of phone interviews. I actually had gotten, on this on this same day in DC, I got three job offers in the same day. Uh, two, um, one of which, two of which I really wanted, the one I eventually took, and one that was like a temporary job, but it had been like leading, you know, exchange programs, uh, you know, like, trips uh, overseas. So I was like, could I go back to France and hang out? You know, like taking people around. And But that's not really a career path, but it's just like sometimes uh, you have to wait. Like things you applied for like months ago uh, will all of a sudden just come up and sometimes it is the same day. Um, but it's, it's there's, there's nothing wrong with applying cold turkey to somewhere. Um, it's just a matter of doing the research and finding out how their process is. Some companies, you, if you go to Glassdoor and you look around, um, you'll see that they actually only hire people that have internal referrals. Some places it's like, you know, you have to apply online, you've got to go through all their steps, and there's, you know, inter there's you apply, you get a phone interview, you have an in-person interview, then there's a panel. Um, it's kind of knowing those, those, uh, those their process. Um, and so if you don't, if you are coming kind of in cold, if you don't, if you're switching sectors or if you are moving to a new place where you don't necessarily have a firm network in place, um, doing the online research um, through LinkedIn, through Glassdoor is really helpful, um, which goes back to like making sure your profile looks good too, because if you 
are looking not in incognito mode um, on LinkedIn, people see that you poke them, you know, or have uh, you know seen their their profile. And so I, I always see, I look to see who has looked at my profile, and mm -hmm. I'll click on them to see if they are related to anything that I'm working on or something I might look for, someone I might be looking for. So those are all things that you can do. Um, and then of course, using your network, there's nothing wrong with that because as, as we've all said, if you if you know someone um, and say I'm hiring and I know someone who's good or someone that I trust comes to me and says, oh, this person is really great, you should talk to them. I'll always at least check them out uh, because it's a lot of work is fit, it's culture. It's people you spend a lot of time with, you know, minimum 40 hours a week, you know, so you want to make sure that they're all on board and that they, they get it. Um, you don't have to be best friends, but you should at least, you know, have a collegial kind of, uh, you know, dynamic. Um, so you don't want any jerks on your team. You don't want any slackers on your team, but most, most of the, most at the end of the day, it's kind of, it goes on to, into that kind of, that bond that you create with building a team. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, getting a referral or getting in there, because you still have to earn your job. You can be given a job, but if you're bad at it, you're not going to keep the job. Um, and that's a lot of work that goes into bringing people on board. So, um, so don't ever don't don't knock the, the the networking bit, and also don't feel too intimidated by uh, cold uh, applying. All right. So my experience uh, right out of college, um, I, I obviously applied to as many jobs as possible, and I got I graduated in 08 and went in the economy, like this shit pretty much. So. Um, and oh, just a little bit about me. So my name is it's Ericus Yanchai. So my first thought of somebody seeing that on, a, on an interview is, how the hell you say that name? So I believe, I truly believe that a lot of people see that name, that like, even though I might be qualified for a lot of positions, they're gonna be like, oh, I'm just not gonna call this person. First of all, I have no idea how to say the name, and I have no idea who or what they are, so. Uh, I, I, I really believe my first position I got because uh, I was so persistent. And then after that, I just, uh, just like I said in the beginning, I helped start two startups. I pretty much created companies that I, I, I work for. So, um, right. And how did you know the founders of those companies? Oh, yeah. We met, I, I met them at, uh, working at a restaurant when I was in college as a busboy. So. And then the other one you well, then you should mention this. Network. Network. Yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So, when, after I left the first startup I helped start, um, I actually had a, I applied to Google, Facebook, because I used to live in California. Um, never got a call back from either one of them, even though I would have been perfectly qualified. Uh, I actually met somebody that worked for Google. I made friends with him. He worked at the self-driving cars. After meeting him, he actually offered me a job to work uh, at, at Google for the self-driving cars. But at that point, I was like, you know what? They never called me back, so that's when I helped start my second startup. So I was like, you know, F you guys. Uh, but it, I really, really, I'm a big component in, in, in uh, networking, especially for somebody like me. You know, with, with my name, so, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my story, so. So with names, just like, this is an aside, because it's, it's, it's networking, but it's, uh, I guess, online networking especially, but also in person. Uh, so I go by BJ, I've been called BJ since I was born, because I'm named after my grandmothers, Bertha and Jane. 
Um, for a while when I was younger, I used to feel like pressure to put my full name on my CD and everything because that's, that was my, my full legal name. But no one calls me that. It actually physically makes me cringe when people call me that. Um, and so I stopped doing it, I took it off, and, um, and it made me feel better about, you know, more confident going in. But also, this is sad, sadly true, um, being, BJ is also kind of a gender neutral name. Um, and so some fields uh, are, it's, it's better to just to, to just have the initials there. And I found once I started doing that, I did get more uh, calls back. Um, it's pretty obvious if you see that I was the captain of the women's track and field team that you know, I'm probably a lady. Um, and that's, that is, some people have to read that far. Um, but that, that I did feel that that was helpful. And it's also within the networking piece if someone says, oh, here's my friend BJ, and then they get something from Bertha, who the hell is that? Then um, also with difficult names, a trick my friend did is in his cover letter and on his online profile on LinkedIn, um, he put the phonetic spelling there. Like, so he had the name and he's like, also known as, you know, and then he'd be like blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of like tongue in cheek, and, but it, it was helpful because then if you're the hiring director or the hiring manager, when you get that interview or you're making the call, you're not gonna have. You're not as concerned about flubbing it because on their end too, that could be. They could be worried about being embarrassed, and so this just takes it out. So if you have, a, you know, a name that's, you know, maybe somewhat difficult to pronounce for people who are too lazy to figure it out or do the research or you know, or just don't know, um, putting the phonetic spelling in parentheses somewhere um, is helpful, um, and I think people will appreciate it. Um, and that's just something that you can do. And when you're networking, you know, pass out your card. And you're like. Hey, I'm Joe, uh, but the K is silent, you know, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. So you can kind of just do that. Um, and one tip to just last bit, not about names, but on in-person networking. After grad school, and I was here, because I graduated in 09 from grad school, I was only going to do a one-year program in 08, and decided to stay and do the two-year program, because I was hoping that that extra year would bump it out <laughs> to, you know, through the crisis. So I was like, oh, nine, maybe it's better. Um, wasn't that much better. It still took nine months, um, but I heard this really great advice from someone at you know a panel like this uh, to put your face on your card. So my business card, it's like a realtor's, right? It's got my my picture on it, like a little headshot. It was actually may or may not have been on the beach. So if you look closely, you see like the beach behind me. But it's like a close shot of, uh, of that. Um, and then it's my name, and then it's like three bullet points um, for. Um, job traits or things that I wanted to, to highlight. So it's like global communications, international program management, civil society development. And then it has like my LinkedIn handle, my uh, mobile phone, and my email. Um, and it's evergreen, because right now, as a contractor uh, for state, we don't get to use the official State Department cards. And if I hand out cards that have our contracting logo on them, people don't know what that is. And so it's better for me to somewhat embarrassingly, and sometimes hand out like, hey, it's got my face on it. But um, that business card, and it's, it's nice because then people remember who you are. So you, you go to these events, you go to conferences, and you meet hundreds of people, and you might sometimes remember the name or the company, but sometimes not. So if you have someone's face on it, it's, it's helpful, and it's also a conversation starter to kind of break the ice. So um, for like, I will also have them forever because there was, it was like $10 on Vistaprint for like 3,000 cards, and I was like, I'm gonna need 3,000. Uh, and so 10 years later, I still have these cards. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a minimum amount of um, investment for pretty decent um, kind of impact. So I recommend it. Um, put your face on those cards. It's helpful um, and cheap. So 
Yeah, I would say um, like uh, with business cards, in addition to getting business cards, like follow up with an email and hopefully, like if you get a business card, don't just take the business card, actually have a conversation with that. Like talk about something so that when you write back with an email, you have something to be like, oh, we had a conversation on this because um, it makes it makes it um makes it uh not seem just like oh this is just another thing that I you know, like gave out a business card and the, a response back. It's good to have establish a a work a uh, a professional relationship is what you intend to do. So one tip that someone gave me back in the day that worked out really well is when you take business cards, every time you get one, immediately after you part with them, write notes on the back. Yeah. Oh, and that that's very, very powerfully helpful, so. And just one note, since we just passed my card around, and it reminded me, and it dated, actually, um, it was kind of dated because you can see my LinkedIn handle is really long. Um, it has all these numbers and stuff, because that was back before you could um, personalize and customize your LinkedIn uh, handle. So. Um, or your URL. So now, if you haven't done that, make sure you do just make it your name, um, you know, linkedin.com slash bjmcduffy or whatever, so um, people can find it easier and it's a little bit more concise and shorter and it looks cleaner um, on a business card, uh, whether your face is on it or not. <laughs> and I know, just because I know we've kind of gotten further than the question here, but this has been something that keeps coming up as I hear everyone talking, and that is we've talked a lot about LinkedIn, we've talked some about in-person networking, but again, I think, um, and I especially say this to counselors because um, being an ethicist, we have actually certain ethical guidelines around social media use for counselors, and um, so I talk a lot about that when I present um, or just do consultations, and I always talk about, you know, you want to think about what is your impression online. And so for counselors, they really have to do a lot of separating their personal and their professional because that's a requirement in the ethics code. But for other um, professions, it's not as strict. And especially when I was a recruiter, and especially some of the other um, people I work with who work with my association, like in PR and things like that, their professional and their personal is very blended. So again, I think it's about decide what your brand is. Again, have a personalized LinkedIn handle. You know, if you're on Twitter, think about, you know, how do I want to represent this? Because again, if somebody's going to look you up, they're probably going to look you all the way up. They're probably going to Google you and any number of things could come up. So again, do you want to buy your name as a URL? Um, do you, you know, want to have your uh, Twitter be kind of part of uh, what you're trying to brand yourself as? Again, we were kind of talking about like that email digest that um, your friends sent out. You know, is that kind of a thing where you can kind of become a subject matter expert in a certain area on social media or on the web um, by blogging or by, you know, tweeting or however it is. But I think it's really about, online networking is definitely about specific sites, but it's also kind of about the entire picture and deciding, you know, what's going to be personal, what's going to be professional, what are the standards for your um, profession, right? Because certain professions do have standards like the one I work in and how do you, you know, basically maximize that to make it really that this is the brand that is Joy, that is Gary, that is AJ, that is Tom, so. How, how do you not be awkward at in-person networking events? <laughs> Real serious question. How do you not be awkward? Because I, I mean, I'm like not the best at talking to people I don't know. Um, I also have a 
relatively difficult name. Like we, I remember when I lost my job last summer, like there was this big debate. Do I put my middle name, which says that I'm very obviously female, Jessica, on my resume, or do I just keep it with a really Middle Eastern name? Don't know. And in Trump's America, both are bad. So, like, I mean, how do I go beyond that um, at an in-person networking event where I'm, like, not so comfortable talking to random strangers? Dive in. Just go for the deep end. Dive in. Neither swim or swim. That, no, honestly, that's just how I handle it. It's, uh -huh. I've noticed a lot of times it's when you, when you hesitate, that's, it just makes it worse because you're, you're overthinking it and you're, like, doubting yourself. The way I do it is just go in, just start talking to a random person, and then your guards will go down, and I think you will feel more comfortable. Um, that, especially for myself, is just go in, just start talking. The longer you wait to talk to somebody, and especially when you don't know anybody, the, the more awkward it's going to get. Um, but yeah, in terms of names, I, I, I learned, I guess I learned this lesson late. I, I started putting what my parents call me, Ari. That's why I go by Ari. Um, but for the longest time, I was going by Eric Goose on my resumes, on my LinkedIn, Facebook, and then I was like, you know what, fuck that. It's just this, this is, uh, it's going to be easier for people to say it. So, um, but yeah, just dive in. I'll take a little bit of credit on that because I actually go by my middle name and always have. My parents never called me my, by my first name, so again, you know, that was kind of a struggle. Like, okay, I'm gonna put my full name on uh, my resume, which again, then I also, when I married him, decided to legally change my name, but not professionally use my married last name, so that makes it even more complicated when someone gets to see my ID when they actually wanna hire me. But again, until that point, until you're actually gonna have to like go check my references and everything, I'm Joy Natwick, and that's, because again, that's how I'm comfortable, that's how I like to show up. Um, I think about in-person networking, I'll say the thing that we were joking about earlier, which is don't drink too much. <laughs> I've definitely had people come up, and I can tell it's because they're nervous, right? They go to a networking happy hour, and they're nervous, and they have a couple too many of those happy hour purse lines. Um, so again, just know your limit, um, but you know, that's, more general advice. And I would say, the thing is, I, would, I think of it as, yes, these are people I don't know, but this is, you know, I think we sometimes put too much pressure on it. We're like, oh my God, I have to come here and I'm hoping to get a job and I'm hoping that this will turn out some way. So I try to like approach it as more of a, this is a place for me to show up to hopefully meet and learn about new people. And again, it may or may not lead to anything, but, at least for me, that takes some of the pressure off. Because um, especially when I started going to networking events, I was already in the recruiting field, and so it was, it felt, and it was, it was 08. It was not a good time to be a recruiter. We lost seven recruiters that year. Um, so I actually got to move up from assistant pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, it was really scary, because it was kind of like, how many cards did you get? You know, it was like this very competitive, driven, fast environment. But when I started to just learn, okay, I can just go in and meet people like I would meet them in other settings, whether it be a social setting or other things. And I had a little more practice because I was, I was in Greek life. I was also in you know, student government or some of these other things where I had been going to conferences since I was like 14, 16, um, meeting new people. But I kind of decided, okay, I'm gonna put this in a different frame in my head. Instead of this being this high pressure thing where it, is make or break for a job. It's about 
what can I learn today? And who can I learn it from? And can I meet someone interesting? Um, and at least for me, that kind of helps me stop and take a breath. Um, and that's the other thing I would say, I'm, you know, being a, a mental health professional, I'm a big proponent of some diaphragmatic breathing goes a whole lot of a long <laughs> way because especially I talk very fast. And so it helps me slow down, <laughs> not just and, you know, kind of have a career vomit all over the place. So. <laughs> so I'm one of those people that people think is very outgoing, but I'm not actually. I'm really happy to just be at home and not ever have to talk to people. Uh, but once I'm out, then I'm like, yay, people, I like you. I love people. You're great. And then I go back home. And so networking is fun, but it's also somewhat terrifying. And it's also really nerve-wracking. And um, I've found a couple of techniques at work. One is the, like, it's so cliche, but just smile and like try to like fake it till you make it kind of thing. So like. I get, you have to like practice in my head exactly what I want to say. I, if, if it's possible, when you look on, you know, online before the event, they'll tell you sometimes the other, or the names of the organizations that are there, or what speakers are, who the speakers are going to be. So I can kind of pinpoint maybe in my mind who I might want to be looking for and kind of find those people and identify them and know maybe one thing about the company or anything um, and pull that out. Um, so when I say like, oh my gosh, great speech, or uh, oh, you know, like I love that you work here, or you've done this one thing, um, and that's that sometimes helps to start the conversation. Um, I also subscribe sometimes to like the Bridget Jones uh, networking thing of just like sitting, you know, at the edge of a group listening, and then kind of start entering the conversation from the side, um, generally and hopefully having something actually meaningful or interesting to say or to add, um, or going back to making a friend early on. Um, learning a few things about them and then helping to introduce them to someone else. So you can say like, um, you know, say um, like Tom and I met and I just learned that he's a scientist and then I see this other person and maybe they're kind of floating in, around a group or they're, they're passing by and they can be like, oh hey, have you, have you met Tom? Tom's a scientist. That's really great. What do you do? And so then it's taking the pressure off of me because I'm not necessarily asking for myself or trying to get to know that person for myself. You know, I'm just being friendly and kind of talking about Tom, but then if, if we find out what Tom does and what, you know, uh, Joy does or Ari does, or then it'll, it'll come back to me and then I can be like, oh really, I, I've done that too, or I, I've been there, and then you've got a group, and then you can pull in other people. And so then you can kind of become the center of that little galaxy or universe, uh, but it's still like kind of low pressure. Uh, and people just will leave feeling good because you're like, oh look, we met some people. Um, and so for me that works because it's, it's, it's a fairly minimal amount of effort and people feel good. And then I feel good because then I don't have to be asking for anything necessarily. It's just kind of natural. Um, but then maybe you'll leave with some LinkedIn contacts. You're like, oh, let's, let's connect on LinkedIn. And then later they'll just remember that you were really nice or, oh, that you, you know, worked in this field or you went to Jamaica last week or, you know, something random, but it'll be natural. Um, and I found that those, those kinds of things. So smiling, finding, helping other people, <laughs> and, um, yeah, just um, doing a bit of research. Those are the things that really helped. Yes, I would say, uh, back to what Ari said, uh, dive in, because I uh, have to approach it as, you're not gonna be able to resonate with everyone, but if you don't talk to anyone, you won't resonate with anyone. <laughs> so just go in and do it, because, um, and, uh, you know, think positive. Just, um, uh, you know, I usually, like, uh, I actually have to remind myself to be myself, as in, um, uh, I am, 
be like, um, it, it sometimes will come off a little bit more reserved being a scientist wanting to be, you know, like professional. But if you hold back too much, <laughs> you're, you're like a cardboard cutout of yourself, which is not, not, not good. <laughs> you want to be, um, uh, you want to have interesting conversations. You don't want to be boring. So, yeah. So I guess um, on that note, to kind of follow up, how do you talk about yourself? Like, what is the best approach to saying like who you are and getting people to actually like listen and care? I guess I'll say really quick. Uh, so, kind of think about your elevator pitch. Um, we we spoke about that a little bit at our last um, panel, um, but it's something that you know if you pick or same thing with the business card, pick like three or four things um, that you think. Uh, kind of sum up who you are, what you're looking for. So it could be, you know, um, lived in DC for 10 years, former, you know, public affairs person, moving to, you know, online training, and, um, you know, maybe I have an X degree. Uh, you know, those are just, those can be your four things, um, and then find out how to weave them into a conversation. Uh, but don't feel like you have to, like, put your whole resume there. Um, you kind of pick maybe two two things that are memorable, and then a couple of things that are that talk about your actual work or your skills or your progression. Uh, but people get a little overwhelmed when you're like, "I worked at this. I worked at you know, Widgets Unlimited for four years, and then I went here for three years, and then I did this. And I also like you know, I'm talking about like speaking of camp counselors, my campers who are like, and I like snakes, and I like this, and I went to here, and did you, did you know? And it's like, don't you know, like, don't go through here. You know, you like, yes. don't don't go through all of it at once. Just pick a few things, I like and then the, yes, the turtles are great. Did you know they're cold blooded? You know, like don't 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 turn into that person. Keep that keep that to yourself. Um, but kind of figure out a few things that might start a conversation, um, and that leave an opening for them to respond. And I think uh, BJ also had the really good tip uh, when we were talking about the last thing of you know it doesn't always have to be talking about yourself. Definitely get other people to talk about themselves because then it can be oh we found a shared interest and now I can talk about my interests so um, for example uh, I actually sometimes try to avoid telling people I'm the ethics specialist at um, counseling conferences because then they'll want to ask me all their confidential ethical questions right there and I'm like this is not appropriate because ethics um, <laughs> but on the other hand ethics is the thing I'm really interested in so then like if I'm starting if I'm meeting someone new I will start to ask them about themselves, and you know they may bring up ethics, or they may bring up school counseling. I used to work in schools, or they may bring up addictions, and I've done that. Or even if it's something that I've never done, like sports psychology, I'll be like, yeah, I haven't ever done that, but I knew somebody who did, so tell me a little bit about your specialty, and they can say, oh, well, blah, 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 and I'll be like, yeah, I went to Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, and that's where I know about it from this professor. And so again, now I'm kind of like, Talking about my background, but not, but making it more of a conversation rather than a list of my accomplishments or a list of things. It's just like, hey, I'm getting to know you. You're getting to know me. Exchange of information. So. So at the end of the day, think of it as uh, you're selling yourself. That's what I'm good at. The way I um, approach it is again, get the other person to talk about themselves and just keep notes in your head in terms of. Okay, they like this, they like this, they like this, or we have this and this in common. And just go with that. Um, and the other, the other advice I have is, or my current role, like I said, I'm, I'm a consultant for software. I meet with um, owners of businesses, or construction companies that are worth 
hundred million dollars or more. And all of these owners are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. So they see me go in there, they're like, who the hell is this guy? What the, the fuck does he know about running my business? So uh, when I first started, I, I, the way I approached it is I was like, what do I have in common with these guys? Oh, I started two startups. So tell them how much they're worth right now. So I tell them, hey, um, the way I started is, uh, you know, my first startup was worth $400 million right now. They look at me and they're like, holy shit, okay? And then I tell them, hey, the second startup, uh, Carvana just bought us. So, you know, that's, just get things in common with people and just tell them about it. And they, they'll start seeing you in a different light. Again, at the end of the day, you want to stand out because everybody else, 99% or 90% of people that you're going against are going to be, they're going to have the same, or, or, or almost the same qualifications. So think about the one thing that's going to make you stand out. Um, so that's how. So that's that's how I would uh, uh, approach that. So again, just think about how you you're selling yourself, and people love talking about themselves. So by knowing that, have them talk about themselves, and get things that you have in common, and just uh, and just go with that. There you go. Yes. See, people love talking. <laughs> anyway, um, but. Jillian, I know you also had said, you know, oh, I'm looking to switch careers. And I think that's one of um, the big uh, things that this can actually be a really good time to talk about yourself because it's no longer about, I, you know, like check all of these boxes for this industry, right? Because those boxes don't necessarily apply to your new industry. And when I was a recruiter, again, through the height of the financial crisis, which was like several years, um, we actually did a couple of workshops with um, one of our local news affiliates and it was all around switching jobs. And the biggest thing we would always look at when we were working with participants at these um, events was what do you already have that applies to your you know, field you're trying to go into? You may not have X, Y, and Z degree or so many years in this field, but again, can I find something in common with the person I'm talking to and in common with the industry that I'm trying to break into that I can talk about? So it becomes, again, a little bit more casual and less about like having to talk about our credentials. So, yeah, during my postdoc, I did have um, one of the PIs like actually um, come up and say how it should be structured. So start broad, so that's your pretty much your first two sentences are always the same. But the third one should be a detail, and it can change. It changes with the audience. So, for example, if I'm in, like um, like uh, interviewing or inquiring about um, or talking to somebody that works in nanotechnology, I'm going to talk about nanotechnology. <laughs> the, but if it's um, uh, if I'm at a uh, museum setting, um, I want to talk about you know museum lighting, for example, and predict the predictive like work that I'm working on right now. So you. It should be able to be changed. But first, you know, you have a lead-in, and then you can like think about a detail and how you relate to that. So it's a triangle scheme. You broaden and you narrow, so that um, it's uh, structured. So you it uh, shouldn't you shouldn't be able to, it shouldn't it should be you wouldn't be able you should you won't stumble on it is what I'm trying to say. I could just say what you're thinking, Christian. Um, also, kind of just culminating. Ask them questions about if you are changing fields, like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of you can be open. Like, I've got I've got years of experience doing this. I'm, I'm working on you know changing fields. Like, 
what are what are the qualities that you're looking for that you think would be valuable in you know in this field and you know just you can be kind of frank with that and, and ask that and sometimes they'll they'll start obviously answering and you can be like oh great well we did that I did that as a trainer here or I did that it, it's just a way to kind of get some validation about uh, the confirmation about your skill set and what you're uh, bringing to the table because there are so many things job skills and yeah. life skills that transfer. It's just maybe they're called something different or the vocabulary is different, so just getting that. So be confident. So to add on to that, yeah. especially especially if you're talking to the high D person and you, you get that from them, ask for advice. People, like I said, people love talking about themselves. And just, just like BJ said, it's, uh, ask them, hey, I want your advice. How do I do this? How did you accomplish this? People will love that because they love talking about themselves and they'll tell you their life history. And even though they're they're talking, you're just sitting back and listening. Just just by you asking that, they're like, oh wow, okay, I like this person. Even though they didn't really do anything. So and again, that just goes back to sales. That's another thing that I'm really good at is I get people to you know uh, uh, like me because just th just the way you interact with people and just just you know, just figure out how people. Again, if they're like a high D or you know just their personality type, so. What do you say, high D? Uh, yeah, like, it's a high. What was that called? The. It's like a personality trait. Um, like a high D is somebody that's really wants to be in charge. Of, like a, a, usually, an owner of a company would be a high D. Okay. Um, it's an yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's an assessment we do in sales. I I, I forgot I forget the name of it. BJ, maybe we can talk about start statements one more time, just kind of like, I don't know, they really resonated with me and I think it's super important. And I think maybe just brief description, break for drinks, come back together. All right, so now that I'm, I'm totally blanking on the, the black numbers, uh, star statements are, um, it's a way that you can frame um, tasks, your experience, uh, problems, uh, just a whole bunch of things, either in writing um, or also you can use them for, um, answering behavioral interview questions or doing your, um, you know, doing an elevator pitch. So star is, I believe it is, situation, task, action, result. Um, so, uh, I think I passed. Uh, and so it's kind of framing, framing something specific. So if you know that uh, you have some really cool experience um, that you think would be uh, relevant or noteworthy to share, you can kind of practice and have them just in the back of your mind. So you know the interview questions are probably going to ask you, you know, like, what's your biggest accomplishment or what was a challenge that you faced and how did you get a, like around it? How did you show leadership in the past? How did you work on a team? Um, you know, those are things that you can kind of prepare some star statements around um, and don't memorize. You know, memorize it, but don't, you're not going to say the exact same thing every time. You can customize it um, to the actual question or the situation, but um, that know those. But then also. You can throw them out, um, you know, informally in a networking conversation. So you can be like, yeah, you know, when I was with, you know, Acme Widgets, uh, we had this huge issue with, um, you know, people leaving, like staff were, uh, you know, jumping ship, morale was really low. Um, and so we had to kind of think about ways to make everyone uh, feel better, more fulfilled at work. And so we decided um, as a team, we pulled together, I pulled together some, of my colleagues and we had uh, a few lunch meetings and we thought that it might be nice to have, you know, uh, a couple of off-site networking events or um, to bring in 
uh, you know, a special speaker um, over lunch one day and we'd do a lunch and learn. Um, and we did a few of those over four months and then we had a lot less turnover afterwards because people felt like work was a more uh, inviting place to be where they could grow and have more professional development. Uh, so that's like a shorter, a kind of rambly way of uh, doing one, but uh, something off the top of my head, but you can do it that way. Um, and it's just showing the arc and framing what you want to say, like a, a narrative form. But result is, is big, kind of showing what, what actually happened or what, what uh, the point is. Oh, no. I was just going to echo the star statements because um, we were trying to be kind of cutting edge and differentiate ourselves when uh, I was still at the recruiting firm and uh, that was actually one of the things that we started doing video resumes and that was what we had our, um, you know, our candidates do. We would do a little, you know, kind of elevator pitch for them and like help them develop that. And then, you know, we would run through some specific interview questions and one of them was a behavioral interview question for which they had to develop a star response. And again, you know, tell me about your biggest challenge at work or tell me about a time when you worked together as a team to resolve an issue. Um, so again, these are things that we would use then to send to um, the companies for whom, you know, we either had open job orders or sometimes if I had a really good one, that would be how I would market to try to get a job order. I'd see it posted on Craigslist or um, Career Builder, and I'd say, hey, I realize you're the hiring manager for this job. I have this really great candidate. I'm attaching their video resume. This is just one of many. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Yeah. So, so again, star statements can become a lot of